Check, 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 one, two, three, and we are live. Welcome to the Dispatches from the Scandamaniac podcast. Um, it is a very rainy Saturday morning. Uh, I've recently switched. I think it's because I'm fun employed. Uh, doing fun employment really wrong. I seem to be working 70 hours a week for free. So I'll, I'm really not doing fun employment well. But I've switched to doing these podcasts in the morning with coffee as opposed to the evening with wine. It's uh, about 9 a.m. and my guest, uh, Miles Neglect Boss, just paddled over in the rain. So, Miles, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping before we get into it. First is, um, whenever I post these episodes on Twitter or Facebook or whatever social media channel I do, I post the Anchor link. Anchor is the free hosting website that you know I use for this. But actually listening within the web browser is really annoying. It's not, it doesn't record where you were listening. It doesn't allow you to fast forward because I, I completely understand when you're listening to a podcast and it's lost your attention. Sometimes you just skip ahead a few minutes, you know, see where the conversation's gone. Um, but Anchor does mean that this podcast, which is titled Dispatches from the Scandamaniac, is available on almost every platform that podcasts are hosted on. So if you listen to Google Podcasts, if you listen to Spotify, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, and all of those links are actually on the the website link that I post. So I always post the overarching website, but if you just look, it has all of the other places to find it. So I encourage you to not listen to it on the link that I post and go find it in Apple or go click the link and then it'll link to Apple and then subscribe because then that way you don't have to ever notice me posting on Facebook and you can decide to listen to them or not. I, It's up to you. Um, the other housekeeping thing I kind of wanted to talk about is that I'm averaging about 70 listeners, the vast majority of whom are just my friends in Yellowknife and then, you know, some family and uh, there's kind of this rotating new listener base for each guest. You know, some listeners just listen because it was their friend on the episode and that's the only one they ever listened to, which is fine. Um, <laughs> Miles just pointed to himself. I guess all I was kind of commenting on there was, uh, I don't even know. I guess I'm just narrating some facts about the podcast now. I forgot where I was going. Um, and lastly, I guess I kind of wanted to talk about the theme of this podcast. So I, I started this podcast largely because I found... I was, there was lots of people in town that I wanted to connect with and have conversations with. And I think as you become older, it's kind of weird to like, it's harder to make friends and it's not even friends. Like sometimes I just find someone really interesting and I want an excuse to talk to them. And it's very difficult to sit down organically and have an hour long form conversation with anyone. You know, that rarely happens. It usually just happens between really good friends. Um, but I really like the long-form conversation. I really like long-form narrative and journalism. I think that I, I envy journalists who always have an excuse to just sit down and have a real conversation with people. I think we've kind of lost that art. And so this podcast has largely just been a tool or a medium which allow gives me an excuse. Like, you know, uh, Rob Wargerton was on the podcast yesterday. Someone who I, like, really... Uh, envy and admire in town and it's like hey come on the podcast and it gives us kind of a medium to just sit down and have a real conversation something i think with social media and with kind of the a lot of the culture around drinking or the proposed kind of isolation that adults are supposed to have like you know you're supposed to not make as many friends or maybe it just becomes harder maybe you just become more content with less friends but 
I think this has just been a great medium for me to interview people. Um, one of the issues I've kind of been thinking about is that I'm now running for MLA and everything in my life becomes subsumed by the campaign. You know, my entire identity becomes politician or aspiring politician, I guess. And I've had, you know, people who are helping me on the campaign team say like, yeah, we should do like a platform point for each episode. And I kind of hesitate to do that because I don't really want to <laughs> I know it's funny. I'm taking a principled stance on my podcast that 70 people listen to, but I don't really want to like partisan it or make it a platform thing because I plan to be doing this after. And even if I am an MLA, I plan to be doing it. And I'd like to just have anyone on and not with the pretext that like they support my campaign or that we're going to talk politics. So I've kind of just Sometimes I'll even, I think on a Colleen's episode, I said, like, well, we're not going to get into politics because I still want to keep this kind of raw podcast conversation about, you know, seeing what it's like to just sit down and have one-on-ones with people. And that's kind of the theme of this podcast. I mean, I will inevitably start talking politics more because I do that anyways. So, and I think I've already done it, but I guess I just don't want this to become the Ryland Johnson for Yellowknife North podcast. And I will prevent that from happening to the best of my ability all right well that was five minutes of me ranting and housekeeping thank you for listening everyone my guest today is miles neglect ross miles can you do me a favor and ring the ship's bell again oh yeah um miles welcome to the scandamaniac um your first time aboard the ship what uh what are your thoughts it's nice it's cozy there's a lot of wood. I like a lot of wood. Yeah, I the so this was originally built by a Norwegian man, and I uh, he knew what he was doing with the woodwork. There's a lot of you know plugs, no screws visible, a lot of like mm. nice little features. I've uh, added some things and screwed it up, and my craftsmanship was nowhere equal. But yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, one yeah, day. Yeah, that's maybe I could help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this uh, so. I, I keep leaning on the coffee table and it's tipping over. Uh, Miles, perhaps you can just start with a bit of an introduction of however you prefer to introduce yourself. I guess I would, the funny thing is I would introduce you as Cat's partner is how I would introduce you. So you have Kat's to introduce partner. yourself <laughs> as however you want. Uh, I'm Miles Naglak Boss. I am indeed Cat's partner <laughs> for, uh, for a couple of years now. Um... I guess I got that job by <laughs> being in Yellowknife. I've been in Yellowknife basically my whole life, except for uh, a semester down south for school that didn't really pan out. What'd you go to school for for um, a semester? I was in Victoria at Camosun College, uh, kind of half acidly pursuing chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Because it was cheaper, and the credits, the courses, the credits for the courses were transferable i was told and a smaller class size was my jam yeah 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 and then you decided you didn't did you did you do any other university other than that I was, no no i was just an awful awful student yeah i i imagine you're a good student now like when you go to carpentry school are you are you slaying it no oh really no, interesting I'm just, it's the same as before where you're kind of good enough to not really try so that <laughs> you just kind of coast and it's good enough and you know it, it just sort of works out and i guess it doesn't that doesn't actually work out in a 
college level. Yeah, in actual academia, <laughs> it seems. Um, yeah. So I, I guess the other way I would introduce you is as a okay. carpenter. Um, and and um, perhaps more so than other people identify with their trades, but I think maybe you just kind of have this... Uh, like, you know, there's there's trades and there's, like, blue-collar work and then there's, like, craftsmanship. And I'm not saying, you know, sometimes people are both and sometimes people aren't. I'm not judging shitty carpenters. But you, like, are clearly on that craftsman end of carpentry. I can just... I know that about you. Um, and I and I think, as a result, I kind of identify you a bit more as a, as a carpenter, as an identity. You know, mm -hmm. as if you belong to a guild or something. Yeah. Is I don't that, know. Is that fair? How do you feel about carpentry? <laughs> Great questions. I feel like... Jeez. I feel like it's kind of a weird thing for me to be like, I'm a craftsperson. I am a great first, partner. And everything that I do is the best. But um, I guess... What, 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 maybe more of what I feel like is... I care or I try to care about how long something can be around for, Yeah, yeah. I guess. That, and a, when yeah. you look around and you see some building practices that have been around for hundreds of years maybe, and then some, like in Yellowknife, Yellowknife's only been around for, say, 75 years or so. Um, and like, there are some places that are still kind of kicking around and then there's a lot that just get torn down and just redone. And I like less of the redoing part, I guess. I, I think even, it's funny as a carpenter too, you almost have like a self vested interest because you get to see like tearing down houses and going into shitty houses and being like, you know, if this was just done yes. right in the first place, I wouldn't be doing this. You wouldn't have to be in here yeah, like fixing you, all of these You could work yourself things. out of a job, you yeah. know, in a generation or two because we just build things long enough. I feel I'm I'm relying on the population continuing <laughs> to grow and people needing dwellings. <laughs> Hopefully nice ones that are warm and, and, and appealing to look at. Yeah, as as uh Perhaps I'm being a bit of a pessimist, but listening to Neil's rant many times, I'm still not very confident in Yellowknife's ability to adopt better building practices anytime soon. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like a, a little bit of that is... Oh, geez. I don't even know how much of that would be on the, uh, on the government side of things and how much of it that would be on an individual level where you choose to go a different route. Yeah, that that pass it off to the consumer choice That's model just a, is just awful. Such a cop out to me. It's, it's, it's like it's no. We can't ask the majority of people to be like, oh, okay, I'm against asphalt shingles or like so, X building product. I'll like they don't know. Spend it's, twice as much on something that I don't know about. Yeah, you know, it's it's exactly like it. it there needs to be at the production level, like, no, sorry, we just stopped making this product. Like it, and mm -hmm. it doesn't belong in the North because it was so expensive to get a crew up here in the first place. And it's so expensive to get rid of it. Like we're like double paying for shitty building products in the North. And we're seeing this, like all of our infrastructure is just like 
on this turnaround of being outdated and then to like rebuild it or like retrofit it poorly that it is not going to last again it's like why we already did this once that's my rant to you i I, I don't know that's a good one you know far more about this than i i don't know about that i feel like i maybe i have a little bit more of a minute in very specific instances knowledge but i mean you don't need to see every single house that's shitty or every single building that's got asbestos in somewhere to know that it's a bad idea Amen. Amen. Um, okay, Miles, maybe I could talk to you a bit about why you came on the podcast because it's, uh, I, I'm actually probably most nervous about this episode in that I usually with my guests have a pretty good understanding of where the conversation will go. Yeah. We have probably like only spoken a hundred words to each other and, uh, you are so notoriously an introvert and man of few words, and here we are, ready to hammer out an hour-long conversation. You you've listened to a few of the podcasts, so you you kind of knew what you were got gotten into. I, I guess, can you tell me your reflections on the podcast you've heard to date and why you uh, tried to board the ship? I mean, having listened to two podcasts, I don't know if that's a few. Okay, yeah, I had no idea. Um, Which ones? I listened to. Colleen Canny seemed to be Hardesty's podcast just yesterday on a drive. Yeah. And I think a couple of weeks ago, I listened to yours and Jake Olson's podcast. Because, as I alluded to earlier, I only listen to the ones I'm friends with. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, um, but I guess, I guess I wanted to, I was interested in having a sit down chat with you for a little bit longer than the two minutes that I generally have the energy for, uh, in that I felt maybe this would be an easier outlet in a a little bit of a personal, not personal, uh, selfish way. And then uh, also, I mean, I'm just, I'm pretty interested in you because (laughs) you and my partner Kat McGurk are just BFFs now in men in in, like uh, instantly actually it's, we were it's just been like... this it's the summer fling <laughs> yeah yeah and exactly. uh, i mean maybe i'm just testing out whether or not it's going to be like a hot intense burn and then you just never chat again or you never have the energy again later or you know maybe we'll stoke some coals and uh maybe i could help out <laughs> <laughs> then we could also be friends but, yeah, I, I feel like we are but we like are friends. it's it's you know we're still docking <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I agree. I I like that answer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess perhaps can we talk a bit about your kind of introversion? I I mean, just looking at you right now, you you appear kind of visibly nervous. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah, nodding. Yeah. To yeah. what extent is that like because you're on a podcast right now and this youth this conversation is being recorded? Or what extent do you th- is that just your general like? social anxiety or like where where are you at on that spectrum of like oh wow this is it's almost 100 percent podcast okay yeah because yeah, um, this is being recorded and i, I didn't really want to say that out loud because no, everybody's probably like duh it's, it's <laughs> fine no i uh um and then also it's like putting being put out there and if i just clam what happens we're just you hear the listeners just hear coffee for a second and then minutes and minutes of silence. So 
I hope that doesn't. I hope that doesn't force me to say things that I don't maybe mean or haven't thought about. And that's another that's another thing. I tend to really just get stuck in trying to find just just the phrase or word. Yeah, so there's this interesting balance I've found with this medium is that one of the problems I've found is like if you're sitting in the pub and there's a few of you talking and then there's a break in silence, one of the go-tos these days is to kind of like, oh, go, I'll go check my phone. The conversation mm. has subsided. Mm-hmm. And like I get, especially in one-on-one conversation, there's, there's room for pause and reflection and to take silence. And this medium's not great for that because then the listener's listening to three seconds of silence. Mm-hmm. But there's this other kind of, I think there's this push in this medium to like, no, if there's a break in silence, you have to then form intention of your head, okay? Like, where am I taking this conversation? Mm-hmm. What am I going to say now? Um, which, mm-hmm. if you're one of those people who are the exact opposite of me, I can just spew words like verbal diarrhea. <laughs> but if you're one of those people who wants to be very concise in their language, um, which I, I mean, I am in some context, you know, being a lawyer in that context, but for this be, podcast, like, yeah. you know, but yeah, so I, I think that can go both ways. And I, I, I don't like, if you got to take a second, that's fine. And if you want to just change the topic randomly, like, Half the people are barely listening. They're jogging right now. They're not going to notice that you all of a sudden started talking about yeah. Dungeons and Dragons or something. <laughs> I've had real bad experiences with Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> well, how about we talk about that's, that? That's about it. We uh, we were real excited. We had a very creative DM, and he had Dungeon Master. A, a Dungeon Master. Sorry. Yes. Um, and not the BDSM kind. Maybe it was a little bit of both. <laughs> well, that, this very, may explain your bad experience. There's a very specific scenario that he had established, and it was very rich, and the storytelling was great. It was like a book you were in, but if you strayed from the pages, yeah, there were just dragons everywhere. What? What? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, it was it was alright. There's a dragon. There's a dragon. Oh, and then you're all dead, and now we're just never playing again because I'm sick of this. Is <laughs> kind of what kind of what happened. That uh, people were like complaining on Game <clears throat> of Thrones for the like, oh, it just became like a CGI dragon fighting show, and I was just like, this dragon, is what I've been waiting. Dragons for. are fucking awesome. I want. And we get one taste of it every season, and now it's all over, and you're just like, oh, well, I'm. I'm dragon spent, I yeah, guess. Yeah, right. Whatever. I want hours of dragon fighting. Just yeah. CGI dragon fighting. Non-stop. Time. How to train your dragon, but it looks better. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Millions of more dollars. Right? Um, okay. So, you... I mean, I guess I, I understand your reasons for coming on the podcast. Perhaps you can kind of talk about, like... Like... So what extent are you an introvert because you just get tired or you're sick of people? Maybe you can just kind of flush out your introversion because I completely get like, hey, I don't want to hang out with anyone tonight. Mm -hmm. And I also completely get like, oh, I would really like to talk to that person, but I'm socially anxious and I'm not like, you know, I just like too nervous to do that. So where on that kind of false paradigm I've created, do you do you find yourself more? Probably more toward the tired side, I guess, Um, in that 
there's just a lot of kind of inertia to overcome in sort of every situation, you know? Like, this particular instance was kind of nice because you had texted me, I don't know, four or five days ago. Yeah. Which is kind of like a, hey, do you want to be on the podcast sometime? And I was just like, yeah, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, yeah. And then that was kind of like set up for maybe maybe doing this. You know, it wasn't like a 100% this is written in paper deal. Um, and then I mentioned it to Kat, my partner, and they were like, oh, that's really neat. And then didn't bring it up rather than being kind of kind of being like oh what are you going to talk about how are you going to do it when are you going to do it you know it was just like oh that's nice and that was kind of just the right amount of pressure maybe yeah um and then part of it's also that i guess i'm learning a little bit that it's nice to do things you don't really want to do amen push the comfort zone uh, and you know, it's, I feel like everybody probably knows that or has heard it and it's in like calligraphy on somebody's wall in their living room. It's like, push your limits, get outside of your comfort zone. Um, but maybe it's just one of those stupid truisms, I guess. Yeah. But I, that's like I a little played. Yeah. But the problem with stupid truisms is that they're, you know, they're still <laughs> they're true. You just like, you yeah. don't, reading it doesn't do anything. You yeah. kind of, it's experiential. Yeah. Um, you do it and you see and you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping you feel that way at yeah. the end of this episode. Yeah. If I um, swim back rather than paddle, you know. It's <laughs> if you just <laughs> jump off the boat. <laughs> okay, maybe we can talk a bit about, like, that overcoming social anxiety. And I, I like the way you frame that. It actually was helpful to me in that I, I know I've kind of pressured a lot of my introverted guests to be like, hey, come on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Lindsay Devisage, I keep bugging her to come on the podcast because yeah. she said she wanted to. And I am guilty of being inconsiderate of like, you know, sometimes people just like need some time to be like, yeah, I said yes. But then on my own time schedule of like mm-hmm. when I can get there. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to have the thought stew for a bit, which I completely get. I just think I just, I'm like, yeah, okay, good. Thought about five minutes, good, let's do it. Have you stewed? (laughs) You're stewed now, right? Yeah, yeah, is it it done yet? Um, And I like the way you kind of said that, of like, you know, know, sometimes you just got to like not put pressure on it and let it happen. Is there enough in there for a warmer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll just take a little. Brilliant, thank you. Um, So... I mean, perhaps we can also talk about dating Kat. So Kat is probably the most extroverted person I have ever met. When we started Makerspace, she would just randomly walk up to people with a notebook and be like, hey, you're doing a workshop. Like, doesn't (laughs) even know them. Like, just signed up hundreds of people. Like, always hustling, always moving. Um, What's that paradigm in the relationship? Like, do you, is there some tension? Like, you're, she's always doing things and you're like, I can't, or she's always asking you to do things? Or is that been settled cat's definitely always doing things yeah I, yeah join um, the club and it's a bit much i guess sometimes because there's there's hardly hardly any time maybe, maybe maybe not there's there's less time that's unstructured for me than there has been at any point in my life i guess so it feels a little bit 
claustrophobic sometimes. And then also it doesn't help get me to do more things. Cause you know, you go and you do the one thing and you go home and you chill for a bit. And then there's already another thing that same day, maybe, you know, next day, maybe not even that soon, but, uh, sometimes it doesn't feel like, Oh, I just, I need a week or two. And then there's never a week or two, I guess. Yeah. I think that's also fair in that, like, uh, like you guys host movie club every Sunday. Oh, yeah, we and, do. Um... We have a movie club at our place. <laughs> Everybody's invited. There's literally no space, but like the more people, it's always been better with more people. Uh, all right, Dispatches from the Scandamaniac is doing an all-out <laughs> shout-out and an invite to Movie Club Sunday yeah. at 49140 43rd. 43rd Street. 43rd Street, yes. We cook uh, vegetarian-vegan meals. I don't know if that inter- uh, interested more people. <laughs> I think you away. just lost half the crowd. That's fine. Um, it's just, it's easy and it's tasty and it's healthy and you poop better, you know. Yeah, amen, amen. Get that um, fiber. um yeah so like that's it's it's one it's one day a week and it's two hours and i love everybody that comes but it's every week i guess and you know we're hosting and i don't resent hosting it's really nice and everybody's really really grateful um but it's 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 just another thing you know yeah, where, where I found this an issue in my relationships is kind of, um, so when you're doing anything, there's like, a, there's a pace to it, you know, you curate a space and it has, I, I mean, this podcast inherently is a pretty slow pace, like, you know, it's not really a draining exercise after, well, I do find I'm tired after, mm. but like, you know, if you're building little free libraries or something, there's like a pace and you're organizing and your brain's at this, and then when you like jump into like, you know, your free time with your partner, I put that in quotations, whatever, just like downtime. It's mm-hmm. like you have to then spend time to get on their level. And if mm-hmm. they're just like chilling on the couch and you come in and you're like, like I, you know, Hey, I want to do this and I do this. It's like, okay, well, like our, our wavelengths need like <laughs> two hours to get back into sync. And then if there's already something, it's like, Oh, well, yeah, I'm jumping out of the wavelength. Again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How, mm-hmm. how do you feel about me just spewing that? That makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Um, well, I guess Miles, I'm really happy you came on the podcast. I I think it's a it's an interesting and big step for you know your introverted self. Mm-hmm. I I also think there's this interesting thing going on with you that I I'm, I'm trying to rip out of you right now on this podcast. Is that like it's annoying because I know you're just like you're stupidly knowledgeable and you have this like <laughs> wealth of like you know knowledge and expertise and intelligence and you do what so many smart introverts do is you kind of like downplay it and be like well i know you kind of know about this yeah. and it's like fuck off i've seen the books you crush and the <laughs> facts you can spew out like um i and, don't like to be wrong <laughs> yeah so you, so you just default to saying nothing which I is i don't know i don't know um Maybe it's, yeah. So maybe we can talk a bit about books. What books are you reading right now? What are you reading? Crushing some fantasy? You read a lot of fantasy? I've uh, I've been trying to avoid that because Kat gets really annoyed because the good ones are always 10,000 pages long yeah, and yeah. I never talk about anything else. <laughs> so right now I'm reading 
Something by Michael Pollan. I love Michael Pollan so much. I think you gave it to us. Oh, so. How to Change Your Mind? How to Change Your Mind. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, and uh, to be honest, it's 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 always a bit of a a trek getting into it again, in, into a different book that's not just like, oh, all these guys are doing these crazy things and there's magic and zombies. Well, yeah, the switch from fantasy to um Nonfiction is also yeah. a big shift. Mm-hmm. I read like vast majority nonfiction. Mm. Like, haven't read fantasy in a long time. But sorry, carry on. So I don't know. I, I don't even know where I was going. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're in this reading a book <clears throat> with you know by a journalist who likes scientific facts mm-hmm. and it's there's no dragons and there's no real escapism I mean, involved in it. Um, I guess it depends on how your trip's going. But just, <laughs> maybe I haven't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was I, I only I only read it because we watched the the cooked documentary on Netflix about um jeez, I don't even remember. Like old food practices. Yeah, yeah it was was Michael Pollan in that or is yeah, that yeah. based on his he, he was in it. He yeah, was, yeah. he was the guy. He, he, yeah. he his I, book, his documentary. Um I'm sure the book was better. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a documentary. Um yeah. Have you read The Omnivore's Dilemma? I have all? not. You should pick that. I should probably pick it up. It's like my Bible, I yeah. would say. It's very, very good. I, I mean, it's funny that I say that because I actually have terrible eating habits. Yeah. It's one of those. I feel like we all do. Yeah, I'm actually a huge hypocrite in my life of like, yes, I fundamentally believe this as I'm eating I mean, A&W. We just, we cracked open a, a thi- I, I bought a packet of pepperoni like pre-sliced for pizzas because cat was going to be out and then i never ate it and then we're just sitting on the couch just gorging on a <laughs> kilogram of and like that and cheese and you know whatever it's like sometimes you're good and sometimes you're not good yes exactly um no i haven't and i i feel like we're we're kind of in that area of our lives right now where we're trying to be more conscious of what we're eating um and like how it is on our bodies or whatever and i guess maybe that that's a good one to pick up next yeah after some more fantasy just <laughs> after in, in just between. a little ten thousand yeah. pages of yeah. fantasy in between. yeah yeah um <clears throat> you're can we also talk about the fact that you are a big gamer in every sense video games board games fantasy so fantasy. like i i think there's this interesting correlation between introverts people with social anxiety and games that and books and literature and whatever activities how about mm-hmm. that have an element of escapism so i i am just assuming you find it very easy to kind of get lost in like fantasy and get lost in a board game and be like oh wow Absolutely. eight hours went by oh 100 percent um um i think i think that kind of ties into that fear of being wrong <laughs> In that when you're good at something, you can be right. (laughs) And then, I'll be honest, if you had seen me in, like, high school or something with, in in a place I was comfortable, you wouldn't have thought that I was an introvert if you just had that one snippet of, like, yelling and just being aggressive, I guess, and kind of in everybody's face just because we made a point of it to be to try and be the best at what we were doing yeah um and we kind of each fed off of each other my myself and my group of friends at the time um 
and that was kind of all-consuming. Yeah, kind of, you said, you said you could get lost in it, and it was just like, yeah, a couple years of just not doing anything, kind of just playing video games the entire time. Yeah, yeah. To try and, try and beat everybody. So. Interesting. Um, I like that there's like this inherent competitiveness you've mm-hmm. attached to it, which I, I don't, I'm not sure if it's always there with kind of that escapism. What do you like on the job site? Like, are you quiet on the job site or is like all of your coworkers know Miles and they think you're kind of an asshole or whatever you are on the job site? Um, <laughs> I, I feel like you're very, sorry, Kat's quote was, I, I have to talk about why you're such a sweet boy, Miles. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's taken a lot of work. Um, Speaking about the job site, I guess, is I feel like I've tried to change my behavior because it's it's also an aggressive place. Yeah. Um, and you kind of have to be, if you're like the boss or whatever, you have to be the boss because yeah. everything rests on your shoulders, I guess. Shit goes around somehow or I don't know. I don't know where it goes, but... Um, like, as I was coming into a leadership role, I don't think I handled it in a very, like, positive way yeah. on a number of occasions. Um, and you kind of... You kind of hold on to the bad instances a little bit longer, maybe. Like, still. Yeah, it's human um, nature. And it tempers the way you behave in the future. So... There was there, on on a construction site. There's a lot of yelling, um, but you know it doesn't have to be. Like you can, I, I don't know. Like you, you you can yell and it can be. You, you know whatever, and then you can yell and it can just be like this guy's, this guy's an asshole, uh, and I'm never gonna come back. And you've just totally driven me from this pursuit that I maybe I thought was interesting for a summer. Um, so I, I feel like I've worked a lot to overcome that and try to, in the same way that you, you kind of, you, you pick and choose your words, you pick and choose your behaviors. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I hope that other people appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's, uh, I mean, just as you can go get lost in a role-playing game or go, you know, you can put on a hat when you're in a place. And Mm -hmm. I find that's almost easier to, you know, you don't actually, it's almost not even, you don't have to confront your social anxiety or you don't have to confront, like, a personality behavior. You're like, no, just when I'm doing X activity, this is who I am Mm -hmm. or this is how I act, you know, this is... And then you just kind of create yourself rules. And whether you do... I think it's good to do it with some intentionality so that you don't, you know, find yourself operating based on this perceived notion that you have to be an asshole on construction mm-hmm. sites all the time, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. Okay, maybe we can talk a bit about Miles' life. So you were born in Yellowknife. Maybe uh, talk a bit about... Want to just give me a quick summary of your childhood? Anything you want to chat there? And then Man. high school or whatever? Yeah. Can, is that a broad enough question? It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. I can go wherever I want, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, born in Yellowknife. I was wrong, actually, earlier. I said... I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. Uh, I don't think my siblings were born at the Stanton Territorial Hospital. My brother might have been the first week that it was opened. And then my two elder sisters were born at the old Stanton. The one that burned down. 
Okay. Anyways, just, just a little I, piece I, of yellow knife yeah. history. Yeah. So, so you know, brought me back to being born. I was like, hang on, they weren't there. I wasn't there, but uh, I remembered. Um, yeah, born in Yellowknife. Uh, grew up at Parker Park. Spent basically every single day there yeah. with with your you know my buds, whatever. Went to school at Range Lake. It was nice. Uh, did mostly the same thing. Got into games. Didn't do anything else ever. <laughs> For a couple of years. Went to high school. Skipped high school. Play video games, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... Yeah. Yeah. Did high school. Was fine. Uh, didn't try hard enough. Didn't really go anywhere with it, I guess. Took what I needed. It was, it was mostly okay. Uh, went to college for a minute. Came back for a summer to make a little bit of money. Fell in love with carpentry. There you go. And now we're today. It's been six years, so I feel like it's all right. Um, yeah, I guess maybe can we talk a bit about like where you think that as like a upbringing or a system kind of I, I don't want to say fails you but I'm going to for lack of better words in that like a I think that it, it's just like so clear that you are a very intelligent competent person and it's shitty to like you know become well I mean maybe this is a bit about your relationship with video games like to find this like relatively unproductive I do think that video games can be very healthy and promote strategy and have a role to be positive but you know if you're playing eight hours a day it's like yeah all good things in moderation right exactly um but like if you were 16 and you got introduced to carpentry like do you think you would be like i i have no doubt you're hitting your stride now as a human and i, I like we're <laughs> peers i don't want to sound like i'm judgmental or anything yeah. but you know what i mean it's like we all go through this point in our 20s of being like what the hell am i doing and then eventually we get to adulthood and we're like oh okay like you know i get what's happening in the world i know how to kind of manage relationships yeah. and read books and maybe how to navigate a little bit better yeah um um I definitely, I definitely think about that less now that I'm a bit more comfortable than I did maybe, you know, even five or six years ago. I thought a lot about how that 10, 20, 30,000 hours uh, just didn't really lead anywhere. Playing, yeah. playing, playing games, that is. It's like, and uh, I guess a bit of it was the community. And you're with a bunch of like-minded, you know, individuals online or not. Um, and then kind of everybody realizes sometime along the way that this doesn't really... You can't play video games unless you're part of however many few percent there is that do it for a job, yeah. I guess, you know. Um, and that doesn't even... You kind of you, you go, that doesn't sound that great. Um, I guess at a certain point, um, and you kind of think about what, uh, what maybe what else you could have done. Yeah. And it's, it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to, to shake sometimes. It took a couple of years where it was like, I, I could be doing literally anything else. You could, you could know this hypothetical better version of yourself could be these other things you could know other languages or have a skill that is better in whatever ways yeah um 
and then at the same time you find yourself kind of chasing that place you're in chasing that that feeling you had up at you know 3 a.m and just exulting with your couple of best friends yeah at some some achievement you know and it's like it was good and then you then you chase that more and then it's not the same because you've got a job <laughs> and you can't stay up literally 48 hours and still function anymore because you're not 16. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder about what else could have happened and then uh, I found that that's not very productive and instead I try to just do other things. Like this podcast. There you go. Hey, no, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think I'm not... I, w- I wouldn't ask you or I don't think anyone to kind of like you know, we, our life circumstances lead us to choices and to just like, be like, oh, that was all bad and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just to live in regret doesn't really get you anywhere. You know, it's more of a forward linking thing, which I think you just kind of concluded there. And so now I try to do other things. I try to do other things. Yeah. And they're fun. Um, okay. Maybe can we talk a bit about, I, I, uh, I have a few notes in my head about where I wanted this conversation to go. Can we just talk a bit about your family? I mean, I guess another theme of this podcast is uh, identity. I, I, as much as a general term that is, mm-hmm. I kind of, I think I started this a lot too because I, uh, I found myself stuck in Yellowknife. I don't really plan on going anywhere. You know, it's my home, and I, I wish to understand it the best I can, and I think. The best way to understand a place is through its people, and you are you are one of those yellow knifers, mm-hmm. born and raised. Um, can you kind of talk about you know what it's like having an Austrian father, an indigenous mother? I, I your mother's also from Cambridge Bay, is that correct? Or? Outside of Cambridge Bay, yeah. Um, I feel really bad because I always forget the name of the inlet that it was, so. Yeah, bond I guess. into it, or is it no, have a... It's it's got a name, and my sister, if she ever Naomi, if she ever listened to this, she's just like it. wrenching her head, being oh, like, no. "I've told you a million times." Oh no! Um, so I have a yeah. I'm just, just I'm bad at details about my family in general. Sometimes, a lot of times, <laughs> and, and I guess I got a little bit of guilt about that. Yeah, well. Um, you should go do something about that. <laughs> I, you know, Kat's, Kat's been telling me that for for ages, and, you know... Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one. That's one that'll take a little bit more effort than swim across the lake, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I, I made this offer previously, as mm-hmm. I think uh, I'm currently fun employed. Well, I, whatever. I don't have a government job. I'm trying to get be the government, but uh, let's uh, go to Cambridge Bay sometime. I think we should do it. Absolutely. I haven't been since I was a child. And the only memory I have of that is just bawling uh, when my mom went to buy groceries. Yeah. Because it's like it was my family, but I didn't really know because I was so young. And so that's, 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 all I, that's all I've got for a memory of Cambridge. And I've got family there. I've got, I've got lots of family, I guess. Um, but yeah, I get. Hmm. Where do you even where 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 do you, where do you, where do you start? I guess. Yeah, my my mom's from Cambridge, Martha Neglack. Uh, lots of Neglacks, all over. I guess that area and a little bit down. Um, Where's your father from? My father 
was born in Sierning in Austria. Um, and I, I, I did go to there much more recently, I guess. Found the little school that he had gone, attended as a, a boy. And the apartments that they lived in, while they were there, that was pretty nice. It would be nice to go to Cambridge, I guess. Yeah. I'll have to bring my mom. We'll have to bring my mom. Yeah, yeah, okay. of course. I, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, she can introduce you to all your cousins. I know, right? And I can record a podcast. So <laughs> find an excuse to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. Um, I guess it's... I guess I've avoided thinking about it a bit for one or another reason. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so to me, there's this interesting thing that's going on with, I, I, I guess you'd call it identity politics, or it's just culture in general, but uh, up here in the North, being Indigenous is especially relevant, obviously, you know? Um, it's relevant everywhere, but like, you know, we are settling land claims, we are, you know, decolonizing the North, we are, to the extent we, that's possible, we are passing on indigenous self-government. But the the interesting thing about this is I think it's completely, you know, it's very understandable at an institutional level. You know, we can look at Clicho government or we can look at the Nunavut government and we can see who's in charge. But it's it's a then it gets passed to the, you know, at the end of the day, any institution or any government or culture is made up of individuals. And I always find it interesting in that well, being just like a, a white boy, I, I don't have this issue as much, you know, like I don't have to reconcile my identity with the overarching government structure. It's just, just I am who I am. I identify as Canadian. I, I mean, I, I have to in the sense that you're supposed to like view back, step back and be like, OK, where does my identity fit within this framework and what is you know what's terrible about it and what needs fixing it, you know. But I think it, it's very an interesting ask or not even an ask it's an interesting thing that has always occurred but i've i've been trying to unpack it in my head and i don't know why or if i'm capable of it's like you miles now have to be you know as you become an adult you know when you're younger i don't think whatever you know being indigenous is as much as a thing you're just kids and you hang out with other kids and now you're kind of in this situation and and i'm trying i'm sorry i'm kind of like putting words in your mouth but i remember cat like telling me this story of you like going to like an indigenous meeting and be like i'm also like a secret whitey here too you know like i'm austrian <laughs> and like how you are reconciling that or like whether that how relevant that is to you that was a lot can you <laughs> tell me what you think about that yeah um i guess i guess a lot of how i feel about my heritage is based on who I spent my childhood with, which yeah. was, or, uh, which was my mom, because uh, our parents split up when I was quite young, yeah. um, and mom took custody, or the kids, I, I guess, which is maybe a better way to, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but at the same time, um, I don't, I feel a lot that we weren't really involved in that side of 
our heritage that much because most of the time it was just a struggle to be in Yellowknife to like just work and feed four kids as uh, as a as a single mom for a time um, and and just kind of like all of that that you know and being Inuit in Yellowknife I guess I've never never really pursued more of my peoples in that way I feel a little bit displaced sometimes and then the thought of going to a place going to where my mom comes from is a little bit daunting I guess because it feels like I'd just be the city boy whose mom happens to be from here who's just coming back and being like what's up yeah. you know now you gotta now you gotta teach me about my ways I'm ready now so now you guys gotta you gotta give me that you know so that's that, that's a little bit I've always uh, I've, I've had a little bit of trouble with that one um, and yeah the, the this 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 movement I guess or <clears throat> whatever you want to call it with people taking taking more control over themselves over their cultures and I guess the young bringing it back up you can't avoid it you know it's it's quite pervasive and I, and, and I'm not you know it's it's a, it's a great thing but it's also it's also quite scary Yeah, and I think I just did kind of what is, you know, a typical me not having a full understanding of this is that, like, you know, I'm using the word indigenous, which is just like, oh, you're indigenous, like, how are you reconciling with that identity? And you yeah. go, actually, well, like, actually, I'm from, I'm Inuit, and, like, mm -hmm. my culture is, you know, in, based out of where my mom's from, and yeah. I grew up in Yellowknife just as a Yellowknifer, and yeah. so, like, for you to, like go join Dene Nation just doesn't it's nonsensical it's, or, it's not really my jam <laughs> yeah it's like it's like me kind of just being like oh you know whatever you can move around and mm -hmm. so that that isn't very well it's interesting I, I don't I, I guess maybe we could just unpack that some more I mean so you grow up and you just live life as we all do and you know your mother does her best to raise four children and you know being a single mother is not easy and being a single mother who's Inuit not living in her territory is not easy. You know, I, I, I would be curious to talk to your mother about, like, the how she reconciles with that. But, I mean, here you are now as an adult, like, and I, I think maybe just as you become older, identity becomes more and more relevant because you have to ask yourself the question, like, do I go back to Cambridge and be, like, somewhat of a visitor, you know? Like, what's that like? And, like, if I raise children, like, how do I raise them? Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I, I assume you're staying in Yellowknife. Like, you own a house here and you're 
partners from Yellowknife and we always, raise kids, they're probably going to be Yellowknifers. You always hum and haw about that, but I don't think we're ever going to really move for good. Yeah. You know? Got, um, a, got a lot of family here. Yeah, and then you have family here mm-hmm. and they're <laughs> raising and it's... And what, so, is, what, what, what does that mean to, like, my siblings who were in a similar boat i guess they've just been in it longer yeah and and their their kid brother just goes and like you know i've never asked them how they felt about this situation it's always it's always been kind of awkward i guess um it's just a hard one to bring up kind of in a day-to-day no thing without being like what what um, well, I think asking or just even mention the idea that you're thinking going back with your mom like mm-hmm. sparks those conversations. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it's an interesting thing too because like then you have to reconcile like to what extent do I separate culture from family? Like if all your family's here and your nieces and your nephews are here and you have, you know, family on both sides running around and mm-hmm. you know, people are married in, it's like, well, why am I saying that or what like where does you know cambridge bay fit into that or where mm-hmm. is going back and I, I don't like i don't have that answer i don't have that answer yeah i, I think it, no i don't think there is a clean answer you know plenty of people like find a new home create a family and that's their life and they're completely happy with that and you know um, i mean at the very least, I gotta go say hi. <laughs> <laughs> gotta say hi to some cousins. It's been, and, you know. it's been 25 years. It's about time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what to. I don't know what to say about that. Um, yeah. That's fine. I don't know. And then I mean, you know, that's that's like. That's only on my mom's side. Yeah. And I guess I feel it. It, it feels. It feels like that's more. More. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? More in the forefront, more prevalent, more like more, I'm putting up air quotes here, more important at the moment, but it's, but you know, I've also, I've also got my fam, my, my father's family, um, and they live in all sorts of places. Uh, there's some in the States, there's some in Switzerland, there's some in Austria still. They're kind of, they're also sort of all over the place. And, you know, it's like, what, how do I, do I feel that one is more important than the other? Am I, like, making that decision by not doing anything? Am I not? You know, I don't know. Yeah, well, I think tied to that is, I mean, maybe you, can you talk a bit about your relationship with your father? Like, how long was in your father in your life when... I mean, your father passed away. When mm-hmm. did your father die? Like, come, come give me some base facts. So, <laughs> is that an insensitive way to ask that question? It's not. But what might be insensitive is how little I know, or like how how many concrete details I have. Um. So, yeah, I was I was quite young when my parents split. I guess I don't see I don't I don't even know like I, I've got no nothing to anchor it to no year no just 
early grade school, I think. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, dad tried to stay as nearby as he could. Um, but just in general, job opportunities kind of brought him further and further away as we grew up. So he lived just near, just like down the street on Arden for a time. And then he lived a block away, uh, in, in a nearby apartment building. And then he lived downtown and then work took him down into Northern Alberta where he eventually set up in Peace River kind of deal. So, you know, at first, at first when I was youngest, it was easiest to see him, but maybe less important at the time. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, oh, dad's, dad's around, you know. Um, and then as you grow, or as I grew, I suppose, um, it became more difficult. And then, I guess, like more difficult physically and then also kind of emotionally. Um, and then it became a, like a bigger and bigger thing. And then how do you, how do you work out just the distance, literally and figuratively, Yeah. as you grow? And then, yeah, then, you know, you end up only seeing your father like once or twice a year sometimes and, you know, talking to him like a couple times a week, maybe a couple times a month sometimes, you know, you kind of assume that it's never going to change. I did, certainly. Um, And then all at once it does. And then you just kind of got to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think... <laughs> I just give it up. Yeah. And so... Well, I'm going to just carry on with the podcast. That's fine. Uh, I think also, like, but in now, so this is the interesting thing about, like, you know, being a human is that, so going and visiting your dad's side of the family or going to see your father's grave in Austria, like, has a whole other, like, giant part of your life. And, like, mm-hmm. it's it's a, not just, like, it's a reconciling your relationship with your father or placing it. Mm-hmm. And, like, seeing that side of your family becomes, like, okay, where is my dad in all of this? Or, mm-hmm. like, you know, because we, I think you kind of hit it on the nail on the head, is that you can, you just kind of live in your life and you don't assume things change. And when you're a kid, you don't, like, attach the importance of, mm-hmm. like, spending X number of hours with your father. But then you have to, like, we have to reframe our perspectives on things as we grow. And... Yeah. and then, you know, like I only have so much knowledge about that. And then like, how do you, and, and I've come to this point where, you know, I, I can say some things and not others, I yeah. guess. And then if I want to know more, how do I broach that with, you know, my siblings or my mom, who's now married yeah. and who, mm, like my father's family yeah like how do you just 
How do you just come up one day and be like, hey, let's talk about my dad. <laughs> I'm ready now. Are you? We're good? Let's, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just tough. Well, I, yeah. Maybe you should send this podcast to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being a bit... But it, it ties into what we were talking about before in that, like, being an introvert or kind of having these social anxiety or not having, like, a, a space where you've... What did you use the word of, like, a momentum or... A, inertia. Inertia. Mm-hmm. Great word. Great word. Of, like, to have that set up. And mm-hmm. it, it is. Like, it's a... To jump onto serious topics related to, you know family and self and mm-hmm. future or like those those settings are rare and uh i don't know i don't i don't have an answer to that i've like i said i've been exploring how to do that with more and more people and with you know my own life included like how do i how do you reach these topics because mm-hmm. i i think they're conversations we all kind of need to have and they become more and more relevant as you get older i um i think we can I, I can tie Cat back into this a little bit yeah. in that they've been very half supportive, half push me out of the door a little bit of the way uh, in that, you know, like even this morning, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe Ryland wants to pack for this trip. I should, we should just, postpone, <laughs> oh, yeah. we should just postpone it until, uh, until when, when, when you come back, we can do it then kind of stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, you know, they're, there have been like job opportunities in the north I could have taken to bring me closer to my mother's side of the family, um, and we've explored job opportunities, you know, across the across the the ocean to in Europe, like where we could, you know, spend a year or something yeah. to get closer to that side of my family. Um, and I guess all it's really stopping us is me having overcome that just like well we're here now so why why would we change what we've got right now until we're like 100 percent ready um so I, I i think we're working at that i hope i tell myself we'll see i guess in a year if i'm still here <laughs> we're still here yeah well, i I have a vested interest, and I don't want you guys going anywhere. Well, I mean, it's not going to be for good, so you're okay. <laughs> good, good. Come, come back. Come back yeah. to Yellowknife after you go. Yeah. <laughs> your live, laugh, love journey. Right. <laughs> no, what is it? Eat, pray, love. Eat, so pray, love. That's yeah. That's calligraphy writing on walls. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love and I hate it. It's, it's like, it's like, it's, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Okay, um, I think we're at just over an hour miles. I think, I, I mean, well, maybe we'll do a, a post-episode recap right now during the episode really? instead of recording it later. That's great. Um, can I, 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 I mean, I think you started off this podcast really nervous. Uh, I think your energy has become a little less nervous and mm-hmm. we kind of, you know, I, I think I we accomplished or I accomplished what I kind of wanted, which was getting to know you better and you know having a real conversation i'm really glad can you kind of give me your thoughts on the podcast that you just recorded and have not had zero time to process (laughs) (laughs) uh to save me recording and five minutes and food later sure um yeah you know obviously i was pretty nervous or maybe not obviously i don't know uh and i could feel it you know in my shoulders and neck and legs and whatever and now it's a little bit better it's not all the way better but it's pretty it's it's better more comfortable, certainly, with mm-hmm. talking. 
um, at this particular instance. Is there anything else you kind of wanted to touch on or talk about? Or like, I, I, I mean, I, there's a problem for me in being kind of a producer of a show like this is that I, you know, I often t- talk to people about identity and mental health and very serious topics, mm-hmm. something I'm not really overly qualified to talk about. Uh, and I talk to them with friends and it's in a medium where like, you know, if we were having that conversation and, and you like need a moment, I would, and it wasn't a podcast, I'd give you that moment, you mm-hmm. know, but it's like this weird, okay, what do I do now? And I'm always on this too, like, am I treating Miles like a guest or a friend and how that kind of works? I think you do pretty all right. Okay. Hey, so <laughs> I had it there a second ago and then I lost it. I don't know what, um, God damn. Ah, uh, geez. I had a, I had to think, and now it's just gone. <laughs> uh, I don't know where it went. Um, I was gonna say something to the effect of. No, no, no. It's it's just it's completely just wisps. Um. And then the other thing I've kind of struggled with on this podcast is that, like, you know, you have an hour-long conversation, and um, then you kind of... I mean, you have a product, and it's like, okay, but I don't, I'm always hesitant. Like, if someone has said something, and perhaps, you know, it's difficult for them that, like, there's this end product that goes out in the world, and I want them to be comfortable that, like, they've mm-hmm. said everything they kind of wanted to say about it. And, and sometimes that only happens weeks later after they've been thinking about it or processing it. So I, I, it also puts me in a difficult position of like, it's a snippet in time of a person talking about their entire life, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know how to best do that. And maybe I should record like follow up five minutes for all of them, or I, which I probably will do have people back on. Be, be a little homework project, listen to the podcast a few times, think about it. Um, I kind of remember what I was thinking about in that if I had, if you had prepared like a list of these are the points we're going to touch on and I could like study it for a week and then just really prepare myself for all this, I don't think it would have gone any differently. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. That's good. Yeah. You know, it's like you spend so much time thinking about things. Uh, the only real difficulty at, at a certain point is finding the words and, you know, how do you do that? I certainly don't know how. Yeah. Well, join the club. Yeah. <laughs> working on it. Yeah. Um, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Miles, thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks, Roland. Do we shake hands? Yeah, sure. Well, awesome. Auditory shake. Do you yeah. want to ring the ship's bell? Ring the ship's bell.